0: do you feel the same All right, welcome back to Drinks First, the podcast where you can meet New York City's kind of eligible. Today we have a kind of eligible single. <laughs> she is truly like a spark of joy. You were somebody I clicked with instantly and it's hard to make new friends in the city especially for me where I'm like, oh, I have so many friends already, like I feel pretty established. So it's like it's always a treat when I like meet someone and I'm like, oh yeah, this person, like we're going to be friends. Yeah. I,
1: I'm super happy to be here. And, um, I can say the same exact thing. It's like, there's so many people to meet in the city, but not all of them do you have like as genuine of a connection with. So super happy to be here today and, and just like have a good time.
0: (sighs) Yay. All right. Well, let's just get into it. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How old are you? And where are you from? And where in the city do you live now? Yeah. So it's a pretty normal story.
1: Uh, 27 years old, grew up in Westchester, um, right outside the city and uh, live in downtown Manhattan, Nolita specifically. And yeah. What else did you ask? I totally (laughs) forgot. (laughs) Where did you go to college? Yeah, I went to Hobart and William Smith College in upstate New York. So for anyone that's not familiar with it, which no one really ever is, it's a small liberal arts college in upstate New York on the Finger Lakes. And uh, I studied women's studies, studio art, and advertising. So liberal arts made that possible where I got <laughs> to like mesh everything together. And what are you doing now in New York? So that's a, that's a more interesting story. Um, I had built my career in New York with nonprofit fundraising. Um, and I'm really proud about that. I've been able to work on some pretty admirable and... Amazing projects for one of the, for like some of the most, you know, biggest crisis around the world. Um, specifically like with humanitarian issues. And I took the risk more recently to kind of leave my job mutually and figure out, you know, what am I going to do right now at this point in my life? So I've been in the transition phase of many young. Or middle-aged. I don't even know what I am anymore. <laughs>
0: Definitely not middle-aged. <laughs> no. Let's like not call you middle-aged. Let's hope your life doesn't end at 54. <laughs> <No>. Like... <laughs>
1: Okay, quarter age, because I'm in my quarter life crisis era, I guess, um, where I've kind of just been in that transition phase of like, what do I want to do? What makes me happy? Uh, How can I kind of cultivate that into my next job? And, um, you know, I've been freelancing, doing like social media, podcast editing, and I also just newly became a certified yoga instructor, which I'm super excited about. Um, And I'm hoping to bring that into my career or just like practice it more often and and create a community where people can relax and feel peaceful in the craziest city in the world. So true, yeah. true.
0: <laughs> the quarter life crisis is so real. I feel like everyone between the ages of like 26 and like 28, 29. Like, are just like okay. It's time for a change, you know. I feel like when you get to the city, when you're like 23, fresh out of college. I mean, we're both lifelong New Yorkers, and you stayed in New York for college. Like, granted, different parts of New York, but like you've been in New York. Like, you come to New York City. So, like, even though I'm even from here and born and raised here, like the energy you have when you are 22, 23 years old. (laughs) (laughs) when you're 26, 27, 28, like I see it. My friends are like, do I still like this job? Like why am I still in the job that I've been in since I graduated college? Like, should i quit should i go to grad school like should i move to a different country like i feel like all of my friends are kind of in that quarter life crisis era right now i am
1: like embarrassed to say that i literally have had all of those questions and have like half-assed applied to like graduate programs for i don't even know what and like am still considering like maybe i need to go maybe i need to move country maybe i need to go to a different school maybe i don't i don't know and i think that's Like it's, it's so great to be this at this age in the city, but it's also one of the hardest things to do just like existing in New York, one of like the most chaotic and busiest cities in the world. Also like one that values like working hard and playing hard and like, I'm not a competitive person and although I do work hard and play hard, it's like, it's really tough sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's definitely quarter life crisis era, but like eloquently or like gracefully, I hope,
0: I hope. (laughs) I also, I feel like specifically right now, there are a lot of people going through like layoffs at their company, like every, like super smart, very capable people, realize that you might just be a cog in the like corporate or the tech machine. And I've seen so many people like forced out of their jobs and have had to reevaluate like, what's my next step? And it's so hard to be in a city like New York, where you just said the work hard, play hard lifestyle is so glorified that it's like grind never stops. When you go out, people are talking about work. The first thing out of somebody's mouth is, What do you do? And that's like the point of connection for a lot of people. And then, everyone in New York or like everyone's like, oh, like what's your day job and what's your night job? You know, like because so many people have other things going on, Mm -hmm. which is that's what makes New York special. That's what makes it thrive. It's like the energies of the people and like all of their creative endeavors and whatnot. But it can be really, really overwhelming. Yeah, 100 (laughs) percent. I feel like even in dating, like when I was on dating apps I think one of the things I valued most was like (laughs) where people went to school and what their job was like which is so elitist and shitty of me but I think it was something that I really cared about when I was like swiping on the apps because it's just that was like my barometer that was like the thing that I cared about I was this person like ambitious and do they have like a lot going on for them and like is that lifestyle gonna match mine and that's just so not how the world works (laughs) or at least what I've like come to realize that's like not how the world works but I don't know has it has it been difficult for you when dating do you think people care Also, maybe there's a different stigma for women around that.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I mean, I'll say like I definitely have had my fair share of dating like when I was a lot younger and in college of like kind of dating for the wrong reasons. And I'll fully admit like... I was probably more love struck by one of my first boyfriends in college because (laughs) he had a car and like he, you know, lived in a really nice frat house and he would take me out to nice dinners and like he was a pretty amazing like first boyfriend. But like now that I look back at it in hindsight, I was like, damn, I was like way more snobby and materialistic than I thought I was because I'm someone that prides myself on being like, that stuff doesn't matter and i guess at the time like it was overshadowing a lot of like just not dating for the entirely right reasons um but i think now in new york at least what i have come to realize like i think there's a huge transition in our generation where it doesn't matter as much like what you do with work because work is not as corporate anymore as it used to be so like a huge pocket of my friends including yourself. They're all like social media moguls or like they basically have like created a career for themselves like off of social media and TikTok and I really admire that and I think that's such a creative side of the world to be in especially in New York City and I think It's at least for me, like I don't really judge anyone that has like a non-corporate career path or like it's not something that bothers me. It bothers me if like you're professionally homeless and like crash from couch to couch and like you model on your free time, but like don't (laughs) make enough money to like or like don't spend your money wisely and like have to crash on like all your friends' couches like for three years. Sounds like you're
0: talking (laughs) from like personal (laughs) experience. And so like, this is a pretty, pretty kind of seems
1: kind of niche. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's just happened to me where like, I meet so many like amazing people. But like the part I can't get over is like that they don't have their stuff enough together that like, they don't have like a solid apartment or like they are constantly crashing from one place to the next. And like, listen, I totally get it. But I think there comes a point where like you do need to actually figure out a career path where you can be like sustainable for yourself. And that's the part where I'm like, I don't care how the career path looks. Just like as long as you can mm-hmm. sustain yourself in like an adult way, whatever that
0: means. Right.
1: <laughs> I am speaking from very personal experiences.
0: <laughs> like, this is definitely coming from somewhere. Yikes. I mean, I mean do you care to expand? <laughs>
1: Let's just say, um, last summer I was in, um, actually not even last summer. It was like my entire year of 26. (laughs) I was in my, uh, feral girl era. And I was kind of just like freshly out of a long-term relationship that was long distance. And I was just like, you know, training wheels off, like I'm ready to go in. And I've met so many cool and amazing people had some really awful dates in between too. But it kind of sucked because like the people that I actually had a genuine connection with and really enjoyed spending time with they obviously just like weren't sustainable at the end of the day, because of their lifestyle and like their career which was great but like not stable enough to like provide stable lifestyle.
0: <laughs> I okay, yeah. so I think there's a lot to unpack there but I want to rewind a little bit <laughs> which is honestly to kind of how and where we met which is that we met through a mutual a good mutual friend of ours whom <laughs> a good mutual friend of ours who You used to hook up with and I met you after you guys like were hooking up, I think. Yeah. Um, (laughs) but, (laughs) but I know that your relationship, like your friends, but there were, you like went in, in and out of another relationship. There was like some history there. So do you want to give me some background on your relationship history? Yeah, it's a tumultuous one for
1: sure. Um I basically had been in a really lovely, amazing my most serious relationship I've ever been in. It was long distance. He lived in Europe. I lived in New York for most of the time. We had met um, my senior year of college and it was an amazing relationship, but there was a lot of on and off because we were young and there was just not a lot of room for us to be like financially stable at the time to like see each other and make it work. And um, eventually we ended up picking it up more seriously a couple of years ago and And it didn't end up working out the way that I wanted it to. And because our relationship was so on and off for like three years consecutively during the off periods, I'm a very like pragmatic person where it's like, okay, well, if like something isn't working out for me right now, like I'm going to try doing something else. And during that time, I had dated other people. And one of those people is our really good friend. And during that time, I just like joined the dating apps. And listen, I hate the dating apps, but I'm reluctantly still on them. But I think one of the best things that ever came out of the dating app was meeting this one guy who is now one of my best friends in New York. And I'm so grateful for him because if I didn't continue staying friends with him or like turn that into something. I wouldn't have ever met you or all your other amazing friends and I just knew like that he was really special and like someone that is definitely worth like cultivating a stronger friendship with. And um yeah, so my dating history is very interesting. Overall, I'd say like I'm I'm a very open person. I'm pragmatic. Like I like to try new things and you know, have good stories to tell. So when I'm in my rocking chair, 70, 80 years old, I can tell my grandkids and be like, I did this. Um, (laughs) I'm like, how much are we realistically going to tell our grandkids?
0: I'm like, right. And then I'm also on the other hand, like, no, I'm never having kids. So. (laughs) Well, okay. So how did you meet the European guy in your senior year?
1: He was studying abroad at my tiny liberal arts college in upstate New York, and at that point in my college career, I pretty much dated everyone that I needed to date. And it's a tiny liberal arts college, uh, twelve hundred kids. Like you're all, it's it's a mess up there. And (laughs) um, I pretty much towards the end was like, I like I hate this. Like I don't want to date anyone. I'm not interested in anyone. Like I just want to focus on like my part-time job that I had and just like graduating with really like stellar grades and just like getting the hell out of there. And of course, when you're not looking for something like that corny line literally smacked me right in the face. And I was like, Oh great. Like here's this really cool guy from Europe now studying abroad at my university. And it was just one of those like instant connection things. And I never experienced that. And I never thought that could exist. And I never thought I deserved that up until... I finally had it. So yeah, that's just a little background.
0: I know it's it's actually incredible. I think when you experience your first real relationship, you're like, oh, so this is what respect feels like. And this is what like actually genuinely having mutual interest feels like. And it's so hard. Like I think, especially as women, that we are so You and I are similar in the way that, like, we are pretty adventurous and open-minded. Like, we'll try lots of different things. And I think when I was younger, I was more comfortable with, like, maybe conflating that with not respecting myself in ways that I should have. So then it wasn't until my first relationship that I, like, also dated a European man.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love the Europeans. I I know. I Listening
0: on here, I'm I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) But like, it it wasn't until I dated a European, like this European man, not a European, like you can date any person, (laughs) but like that I actually felt like I was in a relationship that had the same kind of respect and, Mm -hmm. and valued and showed me like what I deserve but at the same time being long distance is really hard and that's something that you did for a few years right
1: yeah I mean listen like I think like long distance can definitely work but with every relationship comes timing and just like the point of your life that you're in and um, I had wanted it to work out so badly the last time we picked it back up and I was so excited. I'm like, finally, I'm here. It's happening. We're like really putting 110% into this relationship. And surely enough, the universe just like really showed me starkly that like this was not the point in my life that I was actually supposed to be in a relationship and doing long Mm -hmm. distance. And that was a really hard realization. And... It's not like I ever fell out of love with him, which I think is even the worst part of it. Yeah. It's it's the part that like it just the timing and just like the situation at the point in my life where I was at was just like not matching up to make me as happy as I could be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you add the long distance to it. And at the time, the borders were like pretty much still shut for any European to come visit America. So it was tough, but, um, you know, I'm happy for what I learned and
0: what I had with it. And now I'm here single. (laughs) What, what was that realization? If you don't mind talking about it a little bit.
1: I think if we're going to be like super vulnerable, which I think is obviously really important to anyone listening. And right now, I think that I really wasn't happy. And I was so unhappy to the point where I was losing sleep. I had massive rings under my eyes. I was cranky all the time. I was mean to like my outer friends, like my day-to-day friends, my roommates, like crying every day. And I didn't really know like why. Like I was like kind of like varying the actual truth that my gut was kind of telling me of like, you're not actually happy right now. And like this relationship isn't making you happy in the way that you had wanted it to when you signed up for it again. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was just like a really hard pill to swallow because it's not like we had like a big fight or like, you know, or, well, yeah, well, we had some fights, but like, <laughs> it was just, it was a tough time.
0: It's not like something was explicitly done that was like terrible. That would have made it easier for you to end things or cut things off. Exactly.
1: Exactly. That was it. And it was like, you know, a lot, I've been in therapy for a majority of my life. My mom's a therapist. So like, you know, I'm just constantly in therapy, which I love. (laughs) Um, But like it was a lot of therapy, meditation, journaling, all the kind of things that like they tell you to do. And honestly, it did help a lot. But it was just like that stark realization of like, I couldn't continue living like this. Like I literally have a picture of myself on my camera and it's like a mirror selfie. And I just look dead. Like I do not look human. And I remember taking it being like, you're so unhappy in this moment." Like. You need to have this photo so you can remember the next time you get in a relationship to literally physically not look like this again. And yeah, so there's like my heart on the line
0: right there of like
1: just relationship stuff. So
0: what was it like coming out of that? You know, did you feel like you needed time before transitioning into being able to meet people or were you like in this long distance relationship for such a long time that you were excited to be kind of out of that situation? Yeah, I think it's, it's a good question. I, uh, I did take some
1: time. Like, I think I took a like four months or so to kind of just like decompress, um, and continue digesting and reflecting on like my relationship and what had happened. And I, I Honestly, like I deleted Instagram for a while, like I just kind of like went into my hibernation mode of just like self care and relaxing. And then it kind of happened naturally of like feeling more open to meeting people again and that this was kind of around the time when we had first met like i was starting to go to your events and my friend group was starting to expand in a really beautiful way that i'm very fortunate about and there was just a lot of like natural opportunity out there and i started to get excited like about who to meet who else exists out there not even in like a romantic or a sexual way but just in a way of like making genuine one-on-one connections that don't necessarily have to have a boundary because I'm in a relationship and like mm-hmm. going in with an open mind. And I kind of just like gradually went into it and then it really ramped up. And then the entire 20, like when I was 26, was just like chaos after, after I started like to get into the full swing of things. So.
0: All right. Time to talk about the feral girl era. What do you want to know, Ariana? <laughs> where do we begin
1: um where do we begin well it really depends like we can start on how open i was and like had some of the worst dates but also the best um, do you tell yeah is that is that a good is that a good place to start yeah let's start there okay yeah. So after I started showing up to your events, I started just to like download all the apps again. And um I was on Raya, I was on Hinge, you know, good old Field was on there for like a hot second just because, you know, some things we stand. We stand, we stand field. Honestly, my best dates came from Field. I'm just gonna say that.
0: Yeah. Look, I am not gonna lie, like I've had some really great, fun dates off of field. And I I mean, I feel like I've I've spoken about field before in past seasons. And I if you follow my events, you may have seen I partnered with them last year, which was a great opportunity for me. They were a lot of fun to work with. Um, but they are like a sex positive dating app. That's how I would describe them. It's way more open in terms of like lines of sexuality and gender and, Even like wanting to meet, you can meet people as a couple, you can meet people as a single, you can meet as groups. So they're really breaking kind of the boundaries down around things. It's not a perfect app. Uh, It's definitely a very specific community, I think, thrives on it or a, a specific kind of person. But... It is very open-minded and I'm glad it exists. And I think personally, like the reason why I had some of my best dates off of field. Also, I used it like when I was abroad, which is just being in like Europe or something just was also a different experience <laughs> of dating. But it when you use typical dating apps, for the most part, the people on it who you're meeting might not also be looking for something that serious. And I think when you're on an app like Field, you are approaching the relationship, probably knowing that it's not going to be like a serious thing. But there are more conversations around boundaries and consent and things like that, which don't exist when you meet somebody off of Hinge. So (laughs) you're dancing. You want to tell me (laughs) about that? (laughs) I just like that's... That's why I think I had
1: better dates off of it is because, you know, the hard part about dating apps is it's not all cards on the table. Like it's, yeah, people are making up expectations in their head before they even go on a date with someone off of Hinge, someone off of Raya, someone off of Bumble. And I think that's what honestly makes up for a lot of the miscommunication or bad date stories at the end of the day is like everyone walks into a date with some sort of expectation. If they say that they don't, then they're lying. Like everyone kind of hopes that like the day is going to go well. And like, that's an expectation within itself. And it's like on fields, people are just so open and it's all cards on the table that like, there is no pressure or wondering or like, what if, or like, how do I communicate that? Like, I maybe don't want to go home with him right now. Mm -hmm. or like what if he does expect sex when like it literally is already on the app and like that is... And like you can pick and choose and sort through that. I also find it really funny because it's like I feel like everyone's on every app now. So it's like I've matched with people on Field that I then like rematch with on Hinge like months <laughs> later. It's just like, and I'm just like, I can't unsee it. I'm like, you don't belong on Hinge. <laughs> <at
0: all. laughs> yeah, before anybody runs to go and download Field, because I know we're talking it up and I, I am a proponent for it, but like it is a specific kind of person who can do well on it. You see people half naked. You see people writing their preferences, their sexual preferences, their physical preferences. People are very honest and open in their kind of like bio. They'll say things like, I have a wife of 10 years, but Mm. we have this kind of relationship and this is what I'm looking for. So if that is not you and it doesn't have to be like don't run and download the app like right.
1: I agree. I I yeah, I think that's a really good disclaimer. Like this isn't like a normal app. Like it's an app to explore, venture out into the different walks of life beyond monogamy. And sometimes it does have monogamy, but more often than not, people are on there to really explore themselves and be in like this niche community of like, you know, I don't know, exploration. So if you're more of a chilled out dater and like just like normalcy in life, then stick to Hinge and Bumble. If you're a little
0: vanilla, like, and that's totally fine, like probably stick to Hinge. I I love
1: vanilla. Like I listen, like I, that's like, that's home. Like that's like a good, it's not me. a bad
0: thing. It's not a bad thing. Just um, sometimes, sometimes you can, you can shake it up every now and then. Yeah, At least I mean, eight. look if if you have that within you, you're young. You you want to experiment and try different things with different kinds of people. It's a good place to start. Yeah, but you t- you tell me. You said you had some of your best dates off of it. What what were those like?
1: Yeah. I mean, I went on a date with um, the first couple I'd ever been on a date with. They were married and they're honestly like super, super awesome. And I didn't really like, I just like went on a date with them. Like it wasn't, it honestly felt more of like a friend set up at the end of the day than anything else. Mm-hmm. And we now all follow each other on Instagram and like we'll sign to each other's DMs every now and then. And our friend groups overlap. So like randomly they overlap. So occasionally when like I see them out, it's just like another pair of people that like I know are fun to hang out with and can have a good time. Um, and that was that was a cool experience because I was like, I've never done that before. What was that like? Like even just going on the date? I feel like I'm, I do so well in like not normal situations or like unconventional situations. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of every... At least when I was 26, I like lived for the plot. So I was very open to like putting myself in different situations that like Mm -hmm. would lead to an interesting story. And I was very curious to do this because it was a side of the world that I don't know about. And I really like to immerse myself in different ways of living and just learning about like, other walks of life. And it was great. Like we had a date for like three hours at a speakeasy and like, we were all cozy in a booth. We were all had like good conversation and it's just like, it's fun. Like you get to talk about everything and like, there isn't like the surface level conversation. And I think Mm -hmm. that's what gets so like annoying about dating sometimes is like, it's sometimes hard to crack through that surface level. But like, I feel like people that come off a field, like you're already so open that it's just like straight into the interesting stuff about life. So, um, it was great. I definitely like had considered it again, but I've kind of chilled out with my dating that I don't know if I'll get back into it anytime soon. But again, Mm -hmm. I'm like super open. So we'll see if that side of me arises anytime soon.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've had those like moon phases also. I'm like in the craziest feral girl era of my life and now I'm like settled down. I'm like, how that (laughs) it happened so quickly.
1: (laughs) It just goes to show like how quickly life can change, especially in like the busiest city in the world. Like One day is not is not the same as the next, and one summer is certainly not identical to the last. No,
0: definitely (laughs) not. But so, tell me, tell me more about like this past year. You have dated a couple. What else have you done? I mean, I've had some
1: pretty bad dates, honestly, and those have come from like Raya, (laughs) literally (laughs) only Raya. Because Raya is like Hell's Inferno, Dante's Inferno. I don't even know. I didn't major in English. Don't like murder me. Um, There was one guy where we were like talking about sex and long story short, I was like, yeah, you're like, I use condoms. And he was like, yeah, but abortions are legal in New York. Hello? (laughs) I'll just let that one sink in. (laughs) what (laughs) yeah yeah so that was just like mortifying and like Like,
0: that undertones of that are actually insane they're insane that's an insane insane. thing and at at one like i I was
1: talking my guy friends about it after and one of my guy friends and i'll give him credit to this because it's actually really funny and it might be my next tactic going into if guys are like assholes like that again if a guy says like oh like i don't use condoms i'm gonna be like oh i'm i'm pro-life actually so like (laughs) maybe we cut that out i don't know (laughs) but you're
0: not you're not to clarify i'm not i'm
1: literally the exact opposite like i'll go to like like abortion rights protests Like I show up Like I'll march for miles and miles But like if there's a guy that's being An asshole about that yeah. Like you I might what? just it's need to switch a- it
0: it's like an uno reverse card right exactly
1: (laughs) that was just like that was mortifying and i hope no one has experienced that but something tells me like i'm sure it was not his first time ever saying that so which is even worse like i need to form like a therapy group for anyone that's been affected by this one person um (laughs) (laughs) um and then i don't know like i was also like on on the brighter side of things like um you know i was just kind of of out there, like being very exploratory. And like, I, I just love meeting people so much that no matter if it's for an intimate reason or anything like relationship wise, like I'm always down to just like have a new friend. And I think that's also the beauty of New York is you can meet so many people and they're all for different reasons. So, like, you can meet someone that is like, a barista that's a really good friend now like you have like your coffee shop friend that you can always like go and say hi to and just like chill at the coffee shop or I have you like you're like my daytime and my nighttime friend and everything in between and like that's really (laughs) rare but like it's awesome that it happened or um, you have people that are like very in the art scene or like the dance scene and like I dated some people that were very into the dance scene and they actually opened my world completely to like this really cool side of New York that I didn't know existed where like the dancing community is just like thriving. And like I was taking dance classes because of the said recommended places. And it's just like, that's what I kind of love about dating and being so open. It's just like the rabbit holes that it can take you down independently in the future. So
0: yeah, I mean, a lot of people are kind of on the pursuit of meeting someone and maybe settling down. Like maybe that's the ultimate goal. And so many people say dating in New York is hard and it is like, I'm not gonna doubt that, but dating to me is fun. Like, if you reframe your experiences in the way that you're talking about, like, oh, it's a lot of fun to just like go and meet people. It's a lot of fun to just like go and experience a new place. If you go on a date, you might discover your next favorite bar, your next favorite restaurant. You might. Learn about a dance class that you would have had no idea about before. You might meet a new friend or yeah. it might just be a shitty night and you never talk to that person again and you never see them again. And like, that's that, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think sometimes I feel like I miss that like unadulterated level of connection and interaction with people that you get when you're single because the opportunities are endless, When you're in a relationship, and you had mentioned this a little bit before, it's kind of like you respectfully have to put up boundaries in some places, depending on your terms of your relationship. And it just feels different. It feels different when you meet people. It feels different when you go out. And not in a bad way, but like it is obviously comes with a lot of really great perks. Like I know at night I have like somebody to cuddle with and somebody to watch a stupid TV show with and somebody I can tell to like Rub my back and <laughs> complain to. Like all of those things are amazing, but I do think we should glorify and romanticize being single just as much as we do being in a relationship because it's such a fun part of life that you might not necessarily have for a very long time. Most people who choose to be in a relationship. They're looking to be in a relationship to maybe potentially be in a long-term relationship and get married and settle down and have kids. And that's going to be like the majority of your life. So it's such a fun moment. And I know it's, I've been there. I was single for like four or five years and it's just so easy to kind of feel like, oh, I'm so tired of this. I just want to be with someone. But I think when you think about it, it can also be really fun.
1: (laughs) I I agree. I think I find myself in this constant inner battle of being like, I love being single. And then I have a date and I get excited about someone and then it doesn't turn out to what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Like, not this again. Like, and I kind of... Wish that I had something more consistent or just like an elevated part to my life that is not necessarily existent right now. And I'm not saying like that I'm outwardly working on trying to be in a relationship. It's just like it would be nice to have, like what you said, like at the end of the day. And it doesn't, again, need to be a relationship. It can be something consistent, but I'm also not completely shut out to getting into a relationship. I will say when last year when I was 26, I was like, I am absolutely not getting into a relationship. Mm -hmm. Like that is the last thing I'm going to do. But this year I'm kind of just like, I would say dating more intentionally, you know, like not saying yes to everyone, not trying to meet as many people as possible and just being mindful of my energy and time. You know, I'm a recent yoga instructor
0: that's like (laughs)
1: certified. And which is um, also like,
0: I mean, amazing. You like went to a (laughs) retreat for a month and like just learned how to do that, which is incredible. Thank you. Yeah, no, it was it was a magical time. It's honestly one of the happiest moments of my
1: life more recently, um of just like fully being away, immersed in nature for an entire month and learning all about, you know, the body, the mind, the yoga philosophy and um I think like coming out of that, I really realized that I want to be more intentional with just the way Mm -hmm. that I live my life in the city and also meet people because I think I've been so lucky to meet so many amazing people but I no longer need to keep growing my base as much as I used to before. Like I'm happy Mm -hmm. with how far I've come and I kind of just want to do dating like a lot more intentionally. And I'm not sure exactly what my intention is, but Mm. I think it's just to be more mindful of like time and energy and not like exert 110% and just like be feral, even though I love it, but like that burns (laughs) you out real quick.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I was going to ask you like, what does intentional dating mean to you? And I also, I I think it's not only this experience you had at this retreat that might've shaped that. I see it with a lot of my friends. I, that sort of like leaving 25, going into your like later twenties where it is kind of like quarter life crisis, but also you're like, I have other shit going on in my life. Maybe it's not My utmost priority to go on every single date with every single person or go out and drink like four times a week. Like I see that shift a lot with me, with my friends. Like it's, I think it's a natural evolution to go through. Right. And I think that's really important to like
1: the people that I was dating last year are certainly not shifting anytime, (laughs) anytime soon, which like is great for them. Like that's how they want to live their life. But like, I cannot go on like that anymore. And I think that's also just like lifestyle is probably what shifted for me and like how how others' energy and life just like interacts with mine and to like have something recharge you rather than like drain you after like a crazy night, you know? So...
0: Was there any experience like in the past year that led you to you feeling this way? Do you feel like you were really dating just to date? Did you feel like you were getting anywhere close to wanting to be in a relationship with someone when you were like meeting some people? I would
1: say more recently, I've actually gotten excited about like one or two people. I try not to get my hopes up about too much because in New York, it's like the hardest place to date and you just never know. But I think that the shift like just really came from like dating so many people and the feeling the need to have to meet everyone and date everyone, mm. that it just kind of burnt me out at the end. And I think the part with dating as well is like the apps, there's just like endless opportunity and like that yeah. leads to fatigue and burnout as well. Like, you know, it's just natural. So yeah, I think it really is just like, you know, it was time for me to move on from like needing to know everyone and just realizing that like, I don't need to know everyone and I can just be fine, like doing it balanced instead of zero to a hundred.
0: So, yeah, I, (laughs) so one question I usually ask at the beginning of the podcast, but I'll also touch on now, you were going on a ton of dates, Was there a place or like a date that really stuck out in your mind as being really great, not just because of the person, but because of like what the activity was or what you were doing? Because usually I ask the question, like, where do you like to go out and where do you like to eat? So, where do you like to go out? Where do you like to eat? And when you were dating, was there anything that kind of really stuck out as like a really great date? Yeah. So,
1: I would say, um, I feel like I'm kind of an enigma in New York. Like I can blend into so many scenes and like fully enjoy myself. So like, I can, you know, I lived in Bushwick for a short period of time and I love the Bushwick like nightlife, like DJ tech scene, like love the clubs there. But then like, I also in the wintertime like to cozy up in like the West Village and like sit at a window, like on a nice date and just like have a beer or like a glass of wine. And then on the other hand too, I'm also just like, I love art. Like I can go to art gallery openings and like have a chill time there. I can go out and not need a drink at all. Like it's very like all over the place. But I would say, like, I live in Nolita. So more recently, like, there's been a few places that have opened up that are new. One is which, like, Beyond the Pale, which is honestly, like... I don't go there to meet people. I just go there to have like a genuine fun time with my friends of just like catching up. And they have kind of pricey cocktails. So I don't really know if I would like recommend anyone like going there and like if they want like a cheap time. But like it's like an upscaled vibe that is just like fun and nice and different and has good drinks and then i'm also like right near spring lounge which is like a good place to just kick back i never go there on the weekend though it's only like a weekday thing and i take my dates there sometimes so i like to see if they can hang with the with the grunge so (laughs) (laughs) and where do you like do you have any restaurants that you really like thai diner Mm. yeah i know I know. We love Thai diner. Thai diner is just so good. And then there's also Lovely Day, which is right down the street. And that's another Thai place. I love Asian food. I actually backpacked around the world for six months uh, when I graduated college and went to Asia for a majority of the trip because I'm so in love with like Asian cuisine and just all of it. So I feel like, I don't know, every time someone asks me this question, I kind of like blank out and I'm like, oh crap, like I don't know. But I think off the top (laughs) of my head, that's the best I can do.
0: I mean, those are great, <laughs> great options. Tide Diner is one of my favorite restaurants in the city, also. It's like it just never fails, is always good. Yeah. Like, like you know what you're always getting. Good. Great
1: quality, great vibes, just like fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just like thinking about spring lounge and I, I've passed beyond the pale. I've never been. It looks like an Irish bar, but like kind of up, like like a hip Irish bar, I guess. <laughs> so it's actually Australian. Okay.
1: Yeah. And the owner I think is from Australia. One of the owners are. And um like the crowd is like a normal crowd. Like I feel like cause Nolita is so hip and like it's mm. so niche, like you're not necessarily going to get like all the dirt bags that are in the neighborhood that are going to be on the pail. You're just going to get like a normal group of people that are just like there to have like a normal time. And I yeah. think that's what's really nice about Beyond the Pale is because... I often feel like pressured by the culture in my neighborhood to really like be this like niche, unique person. And although I like to consider myself it every now and then, like it's nice to not have to like show off, you know?
0: Yeah. The Nolita dirtbag culture is real. I'm sure you see it and you feel it every single day because you're in the heart of it. Is that your type? I feel like no. Like, what's your type? Yeah, I mean, I think my type is the same way I party. Like,
1: it's a just whole mashpodge and skew of everything. I think in general, my type that has the most pattern and consistency to it are people that were not raised in America. So, <laughs> a lot of the people that I typically go for. I have grown up in different parts of the world. And I think there is something of just like growing up in a different culture and having like a different background that's really interesting to me. And I find really attractive. Like, don't get me wrong. Like I date like everyone from wherever they've grown up, like America. Great. I think it's just like the way that they were raised and just like the way that they went through school and just honestly, like their maturity levels and just like conversations are always just so much better. And then I always just think it's cool. It's like, you know, you have a dad who's like Syrian and a mom who's Irish. Like your dad lives in Syria. Your mom's family came from Ireland. Like I think that's really just like a unique background and something that you can learn a lot from. I always just love to be immersed in like different cultures and I'm a huge traveler. I love to travel when I can. And when people just grow up in other places in America or have like a very worldly background, like that is my pattern are like these people with unique flares to them that aren't Mm -hmm. just like from Westchester and like grew up in New York, you know, and then that's great. And you Mm -hmm. can be really cool too, but Jewish, right. (laughs) Which is like me. I'm literally (laughs) like, (laughs) right. (laughs) Like, and don't get me wrong. Like I love a nice Jewish boy. But I think my pattern consistently is, like, around the globe. Like, rarely yeah. is it ever someone that's, like, born and raised in the same town as me or, you know, hasn't had in, a, like, a
0: similar situation.
1: Right. Like, this guy that I went on a couple of dates with recently, like, he is Jewish, actually. So that's that's funny. But his mom is from Italy and, like... He like has like this really cool Italian background. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is a new one. Like I'm not used to this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I would say that's kind of like my pattern. But again, like I'm very open. I wouldn't necessarily say I consistently date dirt bags, but there definitely was a phase last year where like, Mm. I would get into that a little bit. And they're honestly like some of the best sexual experiences I've had. So.
0: Oh yeah. How so?
1: Just like, I don't know. I guess like they just have experience. I have no idea, but for some reason, (laughs) the guys that are considerably close to the dirtbag stereotype, just like know how to, how to have a better time and like, actually like listen to bodies and not just like, Interesting. Which is weird, I, right? Like, I don't know. Cause you think they'd be selfish. Yeah
0: i know but maybe it's the whole like against the grain well the whole stereotype of like the dirt bag is that they're all kind of the same so like maybe it's like (laughs) i don't know that's that's interesting to me maybe maybe i
1: haven't dated a dirt bag maybe i'm just like thinking of like club rats
0: but i would also think club rats (laughs) are like not great and (laughs) dead
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a myth to me, but like the better experiences I've had have been the ones that are like in that scene or like...
0: Hmm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's like the amount of experience. Maybe they have a lot of experience question. Or maybe
1: they're just like putting on a whole front to be a dirt bag. And deep down they're like these soft boys that just want to be loved <laughs> as well. That <laughs> I can <laughs> believe. <also>. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, but I kind of, I, I skew all over the place, but I definitely am not trying to like relapse with my dirt bag era. Like I'm good with that. I don't, I don't need to. I know it exists there. Um, And emotionally, it's not that stable. So. Yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, so going forward, we've talked about intentional dating. We've talked a little bit about your past. Like, and we've talked about a little bit about what you like. Do you know what you're looking for going forward? I think I'm honestly looking
1: for just like the no bullshit. Someone that just can just like support themselves, like that can be an adult, like I literally the bare minimum, just like can support themselves. And is no bullshit. I think something that I really just can't stand for in relationships anymore is just like the cat and mouse game and like the waiting to text and all and like to plan Mm -hmm. stuff and just like not being consistent. Like, you know, the whole model of like if they wanted to, they would like, yeah, that's definitely something that. I'm taking more note of and like trying not to be as like let down about and like kind of Mm -hmm. grasp for anymore or like force. But I think really it's just like someone that is no bullshit. is just like very transparent, honest, but at the same time can be like funny, quirky, like just as weird as me and worldly worldly, (laughs) worldly, like has a, has an interesting
0: background. (laughs) (laughs) um, It's adventurous and good and bad. (laughs) Right.
1: It's like, honestly, like last year, I was, I just wanted to have good sex. And that was my bare minimum. And that was the hardest freaking thing to find. And I probably probably found it twice. I also think that just comes with like whoever you date, obviously. Like you have to get used to it of just like each other's bodies and like the communication. But I'm like a very, I'm such a forward person in bed that I've actually had a comedy skit written about me what? from a guy who literally, up, what the comedy skit was literally about how I was the most experienced woman he's ever slept with. And it was so experienced that it felt like at one point, like a GPS navigation of being like, turn left, turn right. <laughs> And did you
0: know that he did the skit about you? Like basically,
1: like it didn't end up like working out between us and like we still kind of kept in touch a little bit. And I know that his side gig is like being a comedian. And uh-huh. he has a French accent. So it's even more funny when it's like spoken about. Um but he basically like d- like he did tell me he was like I like wrote a comedy skit about you like you should come see my show and I actually went one day and I was in the back like dying embarrassment but also like laughing um oh my god well
0: at least he told you that's good yeah (laughs) and also
1: like it wasn't like a bad one like he was kind of like hyping me up like i was like oh my god thank you like you i'm the most experienced person like woman that you've slept with (laughs) was was he the best that you had um yeah let's just say like (laughs) no (laughs) no what was um what was the best experience I've had? Honestly, mm-hmm. probably with my ex that lived in Europe. How about outside of a relationship? Because it's kind of hard to compare. <sighs> like not necessarily a dirtbag, but kind of like one of those people that's in that crowd. Oh my God. Okay. And another one was a bartender.
0: That makes sense to me somehow. And like I that was like, like consistently good. Cause like bartenders are like supposed to have Riz. Right. Like it's like part of their job. Yeah, I know. Did you meet the bartender like because you were like frequenting a bar or? No, he actually ran up
1: to me. Oh, this was the night I was with you when we were getting pizza at Nolita. Oh. And you left and right after you left, I was like walking home and... Some Walking kid, home across the street And some kid ran up to me and was like You're really cute It was like pouring rain He was like can we go get drinks right now And I was like dude it's 4am Like I'm not getting drinks with you at 4am And then he ended up like Just like consistently like DMing me And at one point I was like Alright I guess I'll hang out with him And we did and it was a really good time
0: Wow Yeah. I mean I'm like I, I'm, I'll ask you later I'm curious where he he's a bartender at Oh, we could. you want to get drinks later? <laughs> I can take you there. Um, oh my God. Curious. So curious. Yeah. And then like, how did you also meet like dirtbag adjacent guy? Through mutual friends. He is actually like a really
1: nice down to earth guy and it would have never worked out just because like of his lifestyle and just like who he is. But super, super just like Compassionate, like you know, and like everything just like checks the boxes. It's like, yeah, like love that, and that was just like one of those moments, and I'm very grateful it happened. But I kind of miss it. And then another guy was actually like kind of like a influencer, and he was freaking
0: fantastic.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like all these people that shouldn't be, but
0: they are. It's This is so... All of these people you've kind of met in real life. And so part of me is... Like, as opposed to online on a dating yeah. app or something, like, which maybe adds to, like, why it makes it better, potentially. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you have a more organic connection. But it's funny to me that you said the best dates you've been on have been off a of field, I know some of the best like sexual experiences you've had have been just like people you've met in real life. This is true.
1: And I think that's a very big point about it as well is like organically meeting is kind of harder and rarer to do these days. So when it does happen, it just makes everything like a little bit more like, I don't know, uh, not whimsical. Exciting and better. Maybe just like, yeah.
0: I agree. I think the experiences that stand out in my mind also are ones that maybe involve like that in a weird way, maybe like meeting in real life is like Mm -hmm. part of the foreplay of it all. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I agree with that even the story of like 4am we're having pizza we see some like famous restaurateur and I like run to my Uber and then you walk across the street and some guys chasing you down to get drinks with you like right and he's like he's actually six seven. he's so tall
1: and like he told Wait. me he was, yeah he told me he was like I was scared that like I was like threatening you because I'm so tall so he was like I thought I would like scared you off by like a six seven guy chasing you down the street at 4 a.m. and I was like,
0: "Nope." I'm like, "There's worse <laughs> things." <laughs> You're like, you know what? I'd actually prefer that you be six seven and chasing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's also it's really different. It's just like I. It's a different experience to like hook up with somebody who's so much taller than you. Like, I mean, yeah, he's like a foot taller than me. Yeah, I. <laughs> I I've dated somebody who's six six, and I've dated somebody who's seven feet tall. Oh my like, god, not joking. Seven feet tall—that is insane. <laughs> That's like and, and like wild. I and I'm five three. Like I'm short. <laughs> I'm, I'm so fucking short. Like the guy who was seven feet tall was closer to being two feet taller than me and when we like would hold hands i you know like it was like a little kid like my hand was up like it wasn't like you know how you hold hands and you like hold it and your arms like down like i had to reach up to hold his hand
1: like it was i can't i
0: can't no 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 it's, it's, he reveled me home one night and I felt like a little backpack like on. <laughs>
1: I'm like, oh my God, I like the koala
0: bear on like yeah, literally like i
1: like, of a, a bear. <laughs> oh
0: I'm dying. But look, everybody oh is God. the same size when you're lying down. So it does not matter. <laughs> what I will say is a man's like nether regions do not correlate. With his height, I will say that like that is the biggest misconception. So that's that. (laughs) I mean, uh, my mom doesn't listen to this. Literally, same. (laughs) Yeah, but you're anonymous and I'm not. Like, (laughs) yeah, but you
1: know I'm gonna support you and like fucking post this (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like. Honestly, like height, height, honestly, doesn't really matter to me. Like I've dated guys that are only like an inch or two taller than me. And it's not honestly is not a big deal at all. No, Um, not at all. And in some cases, the guys that have been like shorter than usual have been the best experiences.
0: So I'll just say that. Look, my boyfriend is five inches taller than me and I'm short and he's not super tall either but like it doesn't matter i think i personally used to have like that a little bit like i definitely was attracted to guys who were like really tall obviously Um, i I mean everybody like i think most women kind of have that but i was never closed off to dating somebody who wasn't Hmm. that tall like i Hmm. I i can kind of get it like when you're a tall woman and you like Maybe want somebody who's a few inches taller than you, but like it really, it doesn't matter. Like I've always been open to dating somebody who's like, you know, not historically super tall and (laughs) that's the relationship I'm in now. And it, I don't care at all, you know? And I mean, hey, like short kings take up less
1: space in the world, and like we need that for women that are trying to true. Kill it there's out no man
0: spreading happening, which is great. Right?
1: Exactly. So they're already ahead of no. Whatever. We love a short
0: king. It's it's short king spring. It's short king summer, and it, it's short it's short king all year long. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're I here for it. it. This is a non-discriminatory podcast. If anything, I. I just want to say, like, be open minded. I think you'll echo that. Like for the people who are listening, don't let yourself get bogged down by. And I feel like this has been a theme throughout this episode, like education, job, height, like none of those things matter. They never dictate like what your actual connection with somebody is going to be.
1: Right. And I think, again, like just back to like the job part of it all. Like it, I think being open to different types of industries and not like always going for the finance bro or the one that like has like a nine to five job. Like I know so many of my friends and they're so amazing and they've built their careers in this really creative way and they thrive. And I really respect and admire that because they're paving the way for different careers and walks of life to happen. Not all of them went to college. Like they are kind of smashing the boundaries of like what a typical career would be. And you can still be sustainable, successful and live like a secure life. And that to me is more admirable than, you know, someone that's, Been fortunate enough to go to college and, like, you know, has a a finance job. job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just a question of, like, don't hinder your connection with people who don't historically kind of fit your boxes. It's always good to be flexible because you have no idea what kind of person you're going to meet. Exactly. That's beautifully said. We are nearing the end of our episode, and every episode I end with quick questions. So, are you ready to do some shots? yes feed me early bird or night owl early bird work hard or play hard half and half dine out or delivery dine out laundry or dishes laundry tiktok or instagram Mm. like honestly
1: neither (laughs) money or fame (sighs) that's a hard one ariana um money coke or pepsi ginger beer Spicy or mild? Mild. Coffee date or drinks date? Drinks. Favorite season? Fall. What is your favorite song right now? Makeba, makeba da. By Jane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is your drink of choice? <laughs> Maska Mule or Vodka Shots. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Big Bertha?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> Don't know. That just came into my head there. Don't know why.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to one day being on Big Bertha. So same.
1: Let's like woman fest all this money I'm gonna make soon to <laughs> Have a big party on my boat.
0: Yes, please. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on. Always a pleasure. So fun to talk to you. Yeah, thanks. And uh, hope this wasn't too chaotic of an
1: episode. But no. I hope
0: your <laughs> listeners enjoyed it. I loved it. <laughs> and if you are interested in matching with our guest, you can go onto our Instagram at Drinks.First. And there is a Google form you can fill out if you're interested in matching platonically or romantically. And if you don't have an Instagram, you can go to flow.page slash drinks first. So thank you again for being on and stay tuned for next time. Thanks, Sarah Queen.